Welcome everyone to another great episode of the Do Better Dev Show. I am here, as always, with Nathan. How are you doing, Nathan? I'm doing very well. How are you doing, Dan? I'm doing great. You know, staying healthy while having a desk job. That kind of great stuff. Wow. We should definitely talk about that at some point. I think we should. <laughs> Such a good idea. <laughs> How was your past week? Uh, it was interesting. Some good stuff happened. Some annoying stuff happened. Mm-hmm. I'll start off with the annoying stuff because why wouldn't I? Sure. Um, <laughs> so I, I, I did a, I think, 15K hike this weekend. Um, so it was to a waterfall. It was 15K loop. But because it was so hot, the waterfall had dried off. Uh, so I hiked all this way, all the way to the top, um, to see a waterfall that was dried. And I should have taken the hint from all the creeks that were already dried. And, but I just figured maybe because it's a secluded waterfall, there will at least be something at the end, you know, so I can fill up my water bottle because I was thirsty. Um, that did not happen. (laughs) So uh, that was annoying. And I... I'm also annoyed that nobody left a comment on all trails about it because somebody posted a comment from like four days ago being like, oh, it's a really great hike. I'm like, we could have told me water didn't exist uh, unless it dried off in like three days. Right. No, I know this. I know this pain because I did a hike in Switzerland up to a lake that was at the top of a mountain between these two other mountains. And when I got to the top, it was essentially a small, shallow puddle. And that was all that was left of the lake by the time I got there. Um, I guess it hadn't rained in a while. I, I don't know much about the typical weather in that area. But yeah, you spend a good portion of your day climbing up a mountain. And then you look, or in your case, whatever loop you were doing. And you look and you're like, wow, this is incredibly disappointing. Yep. It was, there was very tiny like residual water sitting there uh-huh. and i was just like considering i was like can my water filter make it through this uh maybe i could drink it and there was like a little insects and stuff there and i was like maybe they'll need it more so it's, it's fine i'm not gonna get anything out of it i could like squeeze the moss a little bit see if there's anything in there <laughs> but, uh, i just ended up just eating the nuts i took with me um, mm, yeah, that's really good for staying hydrated. <laughs> <laughs> it it makes you salivate because there's salt on it, and that was good enough because I really got my mileage out of them. Wow. Um, and it made the other half of the hike go faster because since we're already at the top, going down is sort of enjoyable for me, and I just sped through it. Um, it was less enjoyable going down because it's more gravelly than just rocks, but... There was nobody else on the hike, so I just pretty much just like controlled ran in all the steep sections. Um, yeah, so that worked out. Again, all the things you should do when you're dehydrated. It's, um, it's just smart. <laughs> <laughs> Good decisions um, were clearly made. Yeah, and the other frustrating thing is I've been doing a lot more Ruby now, and I will just keep... <laughs> Keep beating the dead horse on how bad it is, how bad the method invocation is, how bad it is when you inherit classes, and it just implicitly puts the methods in there. So now you're worried about constantly naming your methods differently between classes or there will be clashes. And if you 
inherit class A and then under class so class C inherits class B, class B inherits class A. Uh, if you make an explicit connection to one of the two uh, in between the class, it loses the connection to the parent class. Uh, I don't know if I'm describing it properly, but whatever. It's frustrating. Uh, I learned that today the hard way, so now I have to just use the methods names between the inheritance and just expect it to magically find it. And it does, and it's annoying because I like my, all my programming explicit. Uh, you don't even have to type return statements because it'll always return whatever's at the last execution. And the style guide is also just like, yeah, that's fine. Even their tests, the test guide says to write things in the like least descriptive way so that it's just like just the right amount of words. And you have to still connotate everything with like if it's hashed for the class or whatever. And I just got really annoyed. I was like, no no other language does this. You're the only one. You are the little kid in the end eating glue. Uh, <laughs> but it's but, a whole it's a whole culture, Ruby. Because that was yeah. that was one of the first languages I worked on full time professionally and worked on, worked in. I did not work on Ruby at the beginning of my career. And I worked with Ruby and it's a weird one because especially you go back to any other language after that. And that was Ruby on Rails too, so there was even more magic involved. Uh, but I, I'd forgotten that that was the case with Ruby, that it just does implicit returns uh, on the last line. And not even implicit returns like JavaScript does implicit returns. It's implicit returns where the last value on the last line <laughs> is evaluated, or the last expression is evaluated and returned, which is even funnier. Yep. And uh, none of the documentation for its frameworks pop up as the first things on Google. So you always have to put Ruby as the keyword and really describe what you're looking for. Uh, there's all these frameworks. So like there's a framework called Tor for making CLIs. And most of Ruby framework documentation is like one page. It'll be like divided into little sections. Like these are the examples. I'm like, can you tell me a little bit more? Can you show me some source code? Can you link me to the actual library so I can see how you've written test cases against this. And they're like, this is all we have. This is what I can offer you. <laughs> this is the best uh, I can do. Sorry. This is the best I can do, yeah. <laughs> uh, so I have to go back to Google, type the library name with the GitHub prefix. So it takes me to GitHub, and then I can scour through the code. And even then, the readmes and stuff aren't very helpful because they're built for the developers, not for other developers looking at that. Um, so yeah. Uh, did not have a good time, straight up, as kids would say. Uh, it the library is not lit, uh, but <laughs> it is what I'm. <laughs> it is what I'm stuck with for the next couple of couple of weeks, if not months. So, I'm just going to probably come up with more complaints. Might even do a whole episode on why Ruby should more be like, um, I don't know, no Ruby. I, I I'll find something clever. The more frustrated I get, I I will be so entertained if it's like my TypeScript situation and you go from hating it to six months later, you're like, actually, I'd prefer to use it over Python. Um, please kick me as a co-host when I do that. Okay. Uh, so yeah. uh, mark your calendars. We'll need a new co-host in about <laughs> six months. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a fact now because it's, we said it on the show. Yeah. So yeah. postings will go up on Indeed in about four months. 
uh, for good stuff, though. Uh-huh. You know? And now now we got to talk about some good in the world. I suppose. Uh, so while we're talking about technology, I'll talk about VS Code has a plugin uh, for doing code development on SSH remote machines. So you can treat the file system and port forwarding on a remote system as if you were doing development on local, all through VS Code. And it's amazing, because now I have this machine in my different environments that I need to do work on, and I can't replicate all of that environment on my local. So I can just open those workspaces as SSH keys, everything's already set up, and it just works. It just magically works. And it's amazing. I love it. Uh, so long you have the right permissions, the save, override, delete, get commands. You can open terminals directly to the folder you're in. And yeah, I, I every time I keep thinking, you know what? VS Code has impressed me enough and there can't be anything more. There's more, always. So uh, you yeah. are remotely connecting VS Code via SSH to files that you're editing and you're editing them yeah. in VS Code. So does that mean there's not all the latency you normally get in an editor or you still have that? None. Um, it's also probably because I am on my company VPN with all the servers located really close to me. Yeah. Uh, I was thinking so more so that there's always that latency when you're typing into a remote shell. And um, if since you're local, I would assume it's doing like gradual syncing. So you can type as normal as you want and it would client side so to speak <laughs> would update really quickly and then it would just sync as you as you work which that sounds like the best of both worlds yeah you the moment i hit save it synchronizes immediately um, i didn't actually do like a little test going on the machine remote machine be like ha ha is this done uh, because it is edit like i'm sure this editing has to happen locally it's all memory and then when i hit save yeah it writes immediately to the other. There is no like, oh, uh, connecting or copying files over. None of that nonsense. You don't see anything. It's just you save it. It's done. And yeah, when you open the terminal, instead of opening it on your local, it by default opens it in the SSH connection on the directory uh, so that it completely feels like everything's on the local system. And yeah, no lags, no issues at all so far. That's so, pretty cool. Very impressed. Oh, very yeah. happy. I might try doing like a little experiment where in my project directory, I'll try to like drag a file from my local system, uh, like a couple hundred megabytes or something and see if that takes a little while. Uh, but then again, it's all Git repositories. So if you are copying over a couple hundred megabyte files in your Git repositories, don't do that because that's right. bad. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so for normal project development, I was extremely impressed and very happy um, because I couldn't set up everything locally, and I did not want to use Vim uh, for my actual development. I got a nice little comment on my uh, compliment, I should say, on my Git, um, my Vim foo today because I was driving while like driving me typing while somebody else watches, and he was telling me what to change because I had no idea what was going on, and I was editing stuff using my Vim commands as normal. And he goes, "Well." You're VimFu. I'm impressed because he's not a Vim yeah. guy. But there's a couple of us on the team that are Vim guys, so it's, oh. I'm not alone. I am converting the lot of you then because my senior dev is also a Vim guy. And he's like, yeah, it opens multiple windows, different panes, typing, editing. And then today I was like, by the way, we can do this. I should like 
do you want to do development in a real IDE? And he's like, oh, yeah, that would be cool. Well, let's be clear. I'm currently required somewhat to use PyCharm for most of my development uh, at work. But I just, every time I have an editor, whether it's VS Code, actual Vim, uh, NeoVim, or uh, PyCharm, WebStorm, any of those, I just set it up to use Vim bindings because it's usually an out-of-the-box setting. And it's just better that way. It's so much more convenient and comfortable to edit files with Vim bindings. That's a fact because I said it. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, um, it's an opinion that I have and it's a fact because I decided I will let you have that then because yes. I can't do anything about it um, yeah good 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 job yay Thanks. Uh, yeah sooner newer developers hopefully aren't doing that and before we know it Vim will be lost uh, it's good for editing one-off files on remote servers, and now that I have SSH capability of opening remote files, I will never go back. Uh, well, just... in two years when the entire new generation has come in, I can be like, back in my day, yeah. I used to edit with Vim commands, and I still do. Yeah, what's what's all this nonsense with X buttons? What happened to good old colon Q? <laughs> colon Q exclamation marks. Or QA, you know? Yeah, yeah. W A is my most common keystroke, I think. Colon mm. W A. Just write all. Yeah. It should just like X A. Just be done out. Every time you only save once. Yoso <laughs> kind of thing. <laughs> That's what they say. That's what they say. Uh I don't know who, but they are sad. Uh anyways. The and then the final cool stuff that baffles me every time I go get physiotherapy is they have all these equipment, right? They have like, they do needling. They have these little machines that sends electrical like vibes and like opens up. Like today he accidentally put it to too much and my arm just like went like this. <laughs> it's like, whoa, that's too much. And like turns it down. Uh, but it just, uh, what baffles me is like people volunteered for this kind of things and people in the beginning when they're developing these things were just like, Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, put a needle like three inches below my spine next to my neck. Oh, yeah, that actually feels good. Uh, <laughs> write that down, write that down. And then it's like, Joe has been paralyzed, so let's try not to do that again. Uh, so given in our world of software, I always forget like how easy it is to just break things, fix them again. Uh, but when these kind of trial experts were happening, uh, yeah, I don't know, it's just... Somehow all these people figured out what's the right way to turn the neck so that it doesn't kill them, but just pops your neck a little bit. Because uh, my Cairo does that sometimes. He'll just like turn my neck and I was like, pop. I was like, okay, that felt good, but I've seen too many movies to know this wouldn't have killed me. Uh, would have killed me if you did it the right way. So who knows? I'm just trusting you with my life out here. Yeah. Um, I always think yes. that with weird things that humans eat, like, how did we decide that this was the mm. the move? Let's just <laughs> let's just try chewing on that, see if it kills us. Yeah, exactly. It's like, okay, that one killed Joe, the other one made him see God, <laughs> and then this one might fix his cancer. So write that down, each one of these mushrooms. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, they're all white, so have a good time describing it. <laughs> Maybe draw a picture. Uh, exactly. That's how artists became big. 
mushrooms. The more detail you put into your mushroom, the mushroom you have to grow in this world. Um, Was that your last point? That is the end of my cool stuff. <laughs> so I'm gonna get all the way off off this topic and let you let you go next. All right. So with that transition, I have to go with the. We were talking about this before the show, but I was gonna modify my report on the past week a little bit. So it's been cool, interesting, frustrating since essentially the inception of the show. But I want to add wholesome as one of those ah. things. So I'm gonna try to do because. This may seem off-brand for me as someone who reportedly hates everything, but most of what I do is watch a lot of just wholesome stuff. And so I thought, you know what? I'll try to just take stuff I'm already watching or reading or seeing and include it as a wholesome thing for this section of the show. And so ironically, considering all the discussion we had and that transition you just gave me, my first wholesome recommendation is pitch meetings because they're just... They're wholesome. They make you feel so good. Uh, you get to have jokes about getting all the way off your back on that one. Um, and it was actually going to lead into this originally with the, um, you think it's going to be hard to find something wholesome every week, but it's going to be super easy. Barely an inconvenience. Oh, yeah. Really? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I would recommend that. I'll, put a, I'll pick like a favorite episode or two and link them in the description uh, if anybody wants to check them out. I've got two things that are actually related kind of sort of to dev. One of them is fully related to dev. One of them is just related to Chrome. So I was using Chrome the other day, and I do this a lot where I need to, or not need to, I have too many tabs open, and I want to segment them out because they're things that I don't want to close yet. Like, for example, right now I'm researching different hiking options because I want to do one more hike, a fairly large hike before the end of the season. And so I had a bunch of t uh, tabs open that were all related to the research I was doing, but I don't want them just sitting next to all my other crap that I have going on. So I found out just by trying it that if you hold shift and just click, you can click a whole bunch of tabs and then right click on it and open a new window and it'll just move all those tabs into a new window. So it's very convenient. It was, I just thought, can I do this? And apparently you can. So. Wow. That's much better than what I normally do, which is drag one window slightly smaller than the full screen of my laptop so that then I can hover over it as I drag individual tabs into that other window. Uh, so you don't have to do that anymore, it turns out. So, wow. Yeah, so there you go. Saved you seconds every few weeks. The other thing I wanted to bring up that I think is very cool is I mentioned Argo CD last week, and we now have that pretty much all working with GitOps. So now, based on whitelisted repos that we've decided should have this behavior, if you open a PR for a branch that is prefixed with feature slash, it will send out a webhook that will be considered valid by the manager service that I wrote. And that will then ingest the payload, figure out what image it should be tagging for, uh, what service it's related to, and whatever, whatever other related information there is in the PR payload to figure out the state of the uh, code that it needs to ship. And then it'll write a Argo CD configuration YAML file to this other repo, which Argo's listening to, 
And then Argo will just spin up the app based on a bunch of Helm configs like another dev wrote. So we can now fully spin up uh, development feature-based environments based on just opening a PR, which is very exciting because obviously you've worked with that sort of thing before because that's what we had when we worked together. But when you have 20 something different services that all need to be spun up and communicate with each other and you want to be able to swap out versions of different services, there's a lot going on there. But apparently Helm 3 solves a lot of problems that were in Helm 1. So uh, the guy working on the Helm charts was very happy and that made our lives easier. Argo worked really well and my little service essentially just listens to webhooks and writes Git files. So that was pretty easy. But it all works yeah. together now and we officially had it working as of yesterday afternoon. And today I did my first development with it. It's great. So I'm very, very happy about it because this has been something I've been fighting for for close to a year, if not over a year. Uh, wow. So it's a, it's a realization that's finally happened. Woo. Behold. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. My favorite sentence was Helm 3 is better than Helm 1 because uh, it sounds like it's at least one version better, if not more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and the, apparently there is a Helm 2. They didn't go the Angular route and just uh, start jumping versions. Uh, they're like, it, or the Windows route. Yeah, uh, Helm XP, <laughs> Helm Vista. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, happy that's not a thing. Uh, but that's cool. Uh, is it like, so once you have your environments and stuff, does it like spit out a URL somewhere being like, all right, you can go. Yeah, boy. So here's what happens. If I open a PR with a feature branch, I wait a second or so, and then a comment gets slapped against that PR that says deploying app to, and then a domain that you can click on and it'll take probably three or four minutes at least to spin everything up. But when you click on that and everything's fully spun up, then it'll open up a brand new environment. We have to finish some stuff, like we haven't seeded the database fully yet, so we have just the default data, um, but we're going to load it with proper data from I think the QA environment or something. Get that in there. Yeah. And then we're toying with the ideas of having remote development environments uh, for people to work with as well, because we have so many services. A lot of people, especially when they first join the team, will spend hours if not days with over the first few months with just configuration issues where services aren't running, they're not talking to each other, uh, they didn't know that a service existed, so they didn't know that they need to get running. Being able to say, I'm just working with this service and the rest of my development environment is running in the cloud, so to speak, would be really nice. So we're gonna toy with that. I think we've got a little bit of feature flag work to do if that's not already done. But otherwise, you're pretty much able to just put stuff up and send a link to QA at this point and they can tell you if your feature is good or not. So that's very exciting. Yeah, kind of makes me miss the thing I built at Mines. It's like I put so much effort into that thing. Yeah, and it, it worked great. Yeah. We got to test so features. So long the platform If the platform was stable. actually running, yeah. It worked great, yeah. yeah when the, Every single PR got their environment. When the cloud was down, the local cloud, <laughs> 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 then there were problems. 
Yeah. Hey, localhost 8080 works on mine. Why doesn't it work on yours? It's crazy. <laughs> Wild how that happens. But yeah, we have this problem currently where we're using a trunk-based development process. So everything goes into the main master or main branch before it gets deployed to development, which is where QA does their test pass. So it's just a nightmare because then dev is constantly just a cesspool of half-finished, half-baked, mostly broken features. Devs, the QA team can't test anything before it gets merged in. So if we want to cut a release branch, then we have to merge it first, then check to see if it works. And if it doesn't, you have to do more work. But do you, like, do you cut the release branch then and have them try to put their changes into the release branch? What if they don't manage to fix it? Do you have to rip it out of the release? So this should solve a ton of those problems. I'm, again, very excited. It restored my, my faith in our eventual future of things working properly on this team. When you're the CTO. Yeah, it's going to be a quick ascension. Mostly because yeah. I'll just remove everybody. I mean, what? <laughs> it's not on record. Uh, it's not a fact. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. We're just going to... It's fake news. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, speaking of removing people, a lot of Foothouse have been removed from offices and put in our home. That's true. You know? And even when we were at the offices, we were removed out of the break room and put on our desks. <laughs> so as somebody who works a lot of desk jobs, um, how do you stay so ripped, Nathan? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we are going to talk about being, trying to stay healthy while working a desk job. I just wanted to talk about the gym. And then we figured out a way to make it at least somewhat related to the main theme of the show. Uh, so I'll start with the main things that I've found to be useful for me, at least as someone who does go to the gym. And I mentioned this a couple weeks ago, but doing some sort of squat pattern multiple times a week seems to really help me. It keeps my, uh, my knees, ankles, hips, low back, everything feels much better if I am at least four times a week doing some sort of squatting. If I just avoid that pattern completely, uh, and sorry, to be clear, this can include just like bodyweight squatting at home, just doing some sort of okay. squatting. Uh, yeah, I was going to ask, are you hitting four days a week legs? And if so, are you okay? Who hurt you? So, no, I am actually. This is just, <laughs> this will be a quick aside. It's not related to being healthy, but no, I do. Because okay. I, I mentioned I was going to do more, more leg days. Um, mm. So two of them are fairly balanced and one of them is quad focused and one of them is hamstring focused. Um, so one of them is also, booty. one of them is very Sorry. light as well, because it's more of like a go through the motions, get in the squat pattern kind of day. But every time I would neglect it and for like spend six plus days without doing any proper squatting, I do notice it. My ankles don't feel as good. Like my calves feel kind of tight and crappy. My feet will be more likely to hurt as I walk around. And it's not like I'm in pain but I notice how much better I feel day to day when I'm doing those sorts of things normally. Uh, so those are really good. Lunging, just doing lunging patterns. You know, if you're doing some sort of yoga, you're probably already covered with that stuff. But I don't have a yoga practice. I just try to stretch occasionally. Uh, so if you're not into that sort of thing, the way that I'm not into that sort of thing, lunging seems to help a lot. And so most of my stuff, honestly, is related to hips, knees, ankles, uh, those things seem to be more of an issue for me if I ignore them versus 
upper body. Upper body always seems fine. Which you should be obviously jealous of, Mr. Physio. I very much am, because my upper body is... Um, how do how do the kids say it? Messed up. Like, <laughs> that right? is what the kids say. That, that's what they say, all these, yeah. All these Zoomers out there, I hear them. They're just like, that's messed up. Exactly. Like, oh, uh, yeah, yeah, so... It's just not lit, you know? It's uh, it's just... I'm getting second, second-hand embarrassment right now. <laughs> Good, you should. Uh, it's the it's the curse of being the co-host. Uh-huh. Um, but... But yeah, I, I have the opposite problem where my upper body is always tense. There's usually some issue. It gets injured much quicker. And then my lower body is just like, I don't even have to train it. And it just it's fine all the time, uh, except my one right knee, which I don't know, four years ago, out of nowhere, just gave up. Uh, it's just driving. And then I came home and I like, got out of the car. It's like, oh, I can't move it anymore. This is weird. Um, yeah, so I'm trying to strengthen and make that better now. Um, but yeah, like, I, I find, like, just light stretches here and there works. If we're talking about the gym, uh, definitely the one that helps me the most is just wrist curls. Anything to train the forearm and the wrist. Hmm. Uh, it, because I, I don't know, I have some problem in my right hand where if I use the mouse, I, I even had to buy ergonomic mouse. Uh, so that it stops hurting. Ergonomic mouse is uh, underrated. They are. Uh, like, they suck. I suck at them when gaming because um, it's hard to aim. But just for normals... Oh, wow. Yeah, look at that. Yeah. That's like a that's like a little curve. Yeah, yeah. We'll go like that. It's great. Yeah. This, this is mine. It's, yeah. It's, just, it's like a little ball almost. Special treat for uh, those uh, one audio or one video listener <laughs> yeah yeah so if you if you're on audio better go check out our youtube to look at our equipment um <laughs> we won't be putting affiliate links because we don't know how uh so just <laughs> <laughs> yeah just buy my buy the anchor mouse that's the one i have yeah just go on like amazon.ca type in ergonomic mouse there's a billion pick one be happy live your life i don't know uh, might not be all related but one or the two will help um, but yeah, just definitely the wrist exercises help me out the most. Uh, and it, yeah, it alleviates pain. And then I don't have to do like my arm stretching all the day where I do, I used to do that constantly too. Cause I, I feel like I'm somehow at a risk of like, um, carpal tunnel because of the industry I am in and the amount of time I spend behind a keyboard constantly. Mm. Uh, so yeah, definitely arm forearm muscles especially fingers and stuff definitely got to stretch them out a little bit more huh yeah it's i think you might just going back to the ergonomic mouse anyone who hasn't tried an ergonomic mouse as of who works in an office job uh, may be surprised at first or may not be impressed at first with using it, but I would say use it for a week or two and then try a normal mouse again. I find at least anytime I grab a normal mouse, I'm just like, this is such an uncomfortable position for my hand to be in. Why would I ever want to do this? My shoulders all rotated in a weird way versus it's essentially when you've got a vertical mouse of sorts, you kind of just like, like as if you're holding a coffee cup or something, it's just exactly the way you would expect your arm to drop. Uh, something that with having an adjustable desk like I have right now is having the freedom to move it to literally any height has also helped a lot. 
So propping my uh, monitor up a little bit and my keyboard a bit lower allows me to always look fairly straightforward, which that's really nice. Just not even for like neck or anything like that, but just the feeling of looking through the bottom part of my eyes. I didn't realize how much that was bothering me versus looking up a bit further because I would end the day and just be like, oh, I just want to look up at something. And being able to do that more frequently throughout the day, less dramatic angles seems to help quite a bit. Uh, so if your setup is crappy, then I think that's probably the number one thing. Before you worry about stretching and mobility stuff, it would be get your setup in order. Because if, if you are standing or sitting or looking like crap when you're trying to work, then you're probably going to feel like crap after you're done working because it's a long time to be in that really crappy position. Yeah, no, the equipment is definitely number one. If you're at work, you can probably expense it. If you work at a decent company, you can probably expense the home stuff as well. Oh, shots fired. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> if you can't, uh, still definitely invest in them. They're not extremely expensive anymore. Um, you can get a fully like automated stand-up desk for like 250, 300 bucks from Costco. Uh, and cheaper at Amazon if you want to go a little knockoff or, you know, build your own if you're handy like that. But definitely the height adjustment, the equipment, there's all sorts of guides where, like, your keyboard is supposed to be, like, a little below 90 degrees from your elbow. You're supposed to be looking at, like, the center of your screen should align with your eyes on your monitor, so you want to prop it up. Uh, I definitely have that, and I have, like, little... Uh, my stands are like hollow, so I get more storage space that way. Uh, putting under the, instead of just putting my Cracking the Coding interview book <laughs> to prop up my monitor. It's such a valuable book. I've used it in so many ways. <laughs> use it to prop things up. I use it to hold open doors. I used it when it's, I was it's magic. drying out my tent. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> it has the right volume and the dimensions for pretty much multi multi use you'd be surprised you'd be surprised uh, all right yeah. so i have a, i have a mental model now for how we can sort through most of these things uh, unless you already have okay. a pre-existing one i'm thinking we've got the static stuff right we've got like the work setup yeah. kind of touched on that there's probably a little bit more left to do there then there's the what you do throughout the day and then there's the rest of your time like the getting unmessed up if you're already kind of messed up or being proactive uh so that's at least how I'm going to be grouping these things. So that sounds perfect. Let's do it. Cool. So, so anything else on equipment? Uh, I would say I've never had an issue with keyboards, but if you feel like putting your hands on the keys is causing strain somewhere, see if you can get a keyboard that doesn't cause that. Yeah. yeah. Or, or you go Zoom. Yeah, yeah that guy goes Zoom for sure. <laughs> uh, and as much as Gen doesn't want to hear it, not having to use a mouse is great. So use Vim commands if you want. It's uh, very comfortable. Another thing I do actually do, though, with my setup is if I'm not typing, I'll have at least one of my arms just sort of propped vertically. Either it'll be like a lean on my hand or my other arm will be like, straight out to the side so you can't see it really but instead of having it folded across in front of me and then like using my mouse with my right hand i'll just lay my left arm out straight one reason being i'm not internally rotating my shoulder 
the bicep is extended as opposed to it being bent all day, which doesn't feel great. Um, your wrist can be flat in whatever position you want. So just doing those sorts of things with your posture uh, is nice. Uh, do you have any other equipment stuff before I go into some a bit of comments about posture? Uh, no, I would say get a one of the cheaper ones. There's a brand called Perix. Uh, you can get really cheap ergonomic keyboards. There's those special fancy ones where they're detached and you can have different hands, uh, like completely detached keyboards. If you have the money, go for it. Uh, but like my Perix one gives me a lot of, uh, it, it just has enough of a curve that my hands don't have to be like straight or bent like this. Um, and if you don't want to learn Vim, definitely learn shortcut commands because I do spend most of my time on my keyboard. I've learned shortcuts between windows, everything that I need to do. Most of the time, so I'm typing commands or executing things. So mouse isn't all that necessary. When I'm copy pasting things, I'm also on the keyboard. Um, so it does help quite a bit to not having to move your arm constantly or having it in a weird position of moving around keyboards all the way. Um, but yeah, don't don't go full Nathan. It's, it's never works out. Yeah, yeah. Never yeah. never go full Nathan. <laughs> I, um, hopefully a chair is like doesn't need to be said. But if you have a really crappy chair that makes you feel crappy just get a different chair stand more yeah. do something um, but that leads me into what i think is the most important thing that i've heard from people who deal with desk pain like not the people themselves but the people who deal with the people who have desk pain uh, who treat it is the most important thing is just to not stay in the same position for a very long period of time so it's less about oh you have bad posture and more about are you in the same position all the time? And if you're not moving, it's clearly worse if you're all folded forward and your neck is all craned to the side. But even if you have quote unquote perfect posture, if you don't move all day, you're going to feel really bad. So I've noticed this if I forget to sit down, like if I've been standing at my desk for a long time and I haven't, I've been maybe working on a particular problem, it's at the end of those days when my knees don't feel as good because they've just been straight and I've been standing in one spot. And it's the same thing that, that happened a bunch of years ago when I went to a museum and I spent four or five hours just shuffling through a museum. And the next day I was like, my legs feel terrible. Why is this? And I realized, oh, it's because I didn't bend my legs really for hours. I was moving, but there were these tiny little steps to go through each exhibit and just shuffling essentially in front of a wall. And that's more or less what I end up doing at my standing desk. So what I'll try to do is, I think I mentioned this before, have a playlist that's 45 minutes to an hour and a half long. And when that ends or restarts, then I'll, it'll be my reminder to transition from sit, standing or sitting to the other one. Uh, also right now, it's just nice and sunny out there. So I'll try to go step out on my patio, which I'm very lucky to have. I can take a break, look at things that are far away, get sun on my face without having to actually fully leave my office, so to speak. So if I need a two minute, if I notice I have a meeting coming up and I've got four minutes, I can spend three of those out on my patio and then come back in. And just having that little bit of change seems to help a lot. Uh, keeping tabs on where my neck is throughout the day helps a lot. So one thing that I'll do, or that I, that I was doing for a long time and I've since learned how to do it better um, is 
like pushing the my hands against the back of my head and then driving my head back against my hands it for whatever reason causes my upper back to crack a bunch and like forces my head back but i've learned how to do that now by just without touching my head or anything if i just push the my tongue against the roof of my mouth and then force my head back that seems to have the same effect and so i can do that much more easily without having to look like i'm trying to flex on everybody if i'm in a meeting or something and I, if I'm just walking around outside, I can do that. So I've kind of tried to integrate that into just my normal posture. And I haven't had any issues with my neck feeling like it's, my head's too far forward or anything like that in the last month or so that I've been working on, on that. I'm just imagining the, the trial and error phase of it. You're just walking down the street with your neck like constantly going back. Just people are looking at you you're just it's not like it's not popping it's not as dramatic as you might think it'd be hard to know <laughs> oh, okay. it would be hard to notice um, okay okay because i don't sit with my or walk with my head so far in front of my body <laughs> that it would just be dramatically shoved back um, yeah. but yeah just keeping an eye on what your what your body's telling you if you realize you're slouching just fix it the other thing too that i found is being um, if, sorry, I just processed it as <laughs> if you're slouching, just don't. Yeah, just don't do that. No, if you notice you're slouching, fix it. But something that I'll, I've noticed seems to work better for me at least is intentionally putting my joints in whatever position I'm looking for as opposed to letting them go that way. So one th like if you notice that your shoulders are really high up, maybe you're stressed or that's just how you sit or something instead of just letting them fall, being like very intentional about, all right, I'm gonna lower my shoulders down and controlling them as they lower down, it seems to tell my body, this is where I want that to be. Let's mm. keep it there. As opposed to if I drop something or if I just fall into position or if I quickly go from slouched over to sitting up really straight, it doesn't seem to stick around as a persistent pattern. Whereas if I'm a bit more slow and intentional about it, it seems to work. So something to consider if you are also finding yourself in a crappy position from time to time and trying to fix it. Mm. Really committing the transaction there, just like slowly. That's right, yeah, yeah. You yeah, get yeah. in the position and then commit on save. Yeah, True. instead of just cash. Yeah, quick. <laughs> Regus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I definitely, I, I'm more of a, so I definitely walk around quite a bit uh, mostly because I just drink a lot of water. Uh, so it just makes me want to go to the bathroom more. And then every time I do that on my walk, I'll like stretch out my neck and stuff, uh, stretch out my arms. If code is compiling or tests are running, I'll like, so like do my wrists stretching and stuff. Um, another one I used to do, I haven't done that as much often cause now I don't spend sit in front of the screens constantly, uh, is the 20, 20, 20 rule where every, it's like every 20 minutes, look at some object which is like 20 feet away for 20 minutes or 20 seconds um yeah so it just helps like change your like so your eye is not fixated on the same place uh exercise that a little bit but yeah mostly just i'll i spend most of my day standing i spent probably seven hours of it standing uh and it works better for me because i don't like sitting on my stool or my chair and then if i need breaks while i'm walking around the apartment I'll sit on my couch or lay on my bed for a little while and like stretch my back. 
Yeah. Uh, it doesn't seem to hurt my legs all that bad. <laughs> I can sit all day. It doesn't hurt my legs. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I would say that, especially if people are working from home, they don't feel weird about how they're positioning themselves. Kneeling on your chair is underrated. It seems it like stretches your quads out a little bit. You don't have to fully commit to standing and you're also not in a flexed hip position, which is nice. So the way that would typically look for me is having the back of my chair closest to my desk and then I'm my feet are essentially hanging off the front of the chair and I'm just kneeling on it. Uh, sometimes I'll do, you know, both legs if I'm uh, wanting to just type for a long time and I need to focus, but I don't want to sit down, especially during the summer when it gets really hot. Sometimes I just don't want that much of my body against my chair. Uh, so that's a good way to do it. Otherwise, uh, kneeling with one leg, I find can just be more comfortable as well. So standing on one foot, the other knee is on the seat of the chair. It kind of just helps you shift your weight a little bit. Again, trying to change up positions because what you want is to not be stay like static all day and especially if it's a rolly chair you'll accidentally roll it around a little bit and that can help just with getting some movement in your joints uh, if you are standing all day one thing you can do is get a lacrosse ball and just put it under one of your feet and if you lean on mm. it for too long it starts to get uncomfortable but you'll kind of just subconsciously roll it around a little bit so that can help you shift your weight around a little bit it's also just it feels nice on the bottom of your feet. It'll hurt mostly. And then once you get used to it, it feels better because the bottom of your foot, your foot should not be as tight as it probably is. Uh, mm. And yeah, just switching between your feet, that can be a good way. If you have a habit of, for example, always leaning into your left hip or something like that, then throwing something under one of your feet can cause you to change things up a bit. Yeah. I might buy a lacrosse ball myself then because, yeah, um, that would be cool because I do I do constantly like like will try to stretch my leg yeah I guess uh, stretch it move it around um, like pop my ankle a little bit here and there uh, but yeah and that's mostly if I'm not like thinking or focused if I'm looking at things like all right uh, I'm sure I do it when I'm focused too I just don't notice it um, one thing I started yeah. doing was. If I'm doing code review, I'll fully lie down on my stomach and do code review that way. It's just such... Just like take your laptop to the bed and just... Yeah, well, I've got a little couch here. And so ah. I can just go, you know, fully lying down on my stomach and I don't have to like type or anything. I can just sort of lounge, read some code, and then just approve, reject, whatever I need to do. But it's a completely different uh, posture and everything to how I am the rest of the day because I can't be in a lot of meetings especially if they're camera meetings just have people looking at my chest the whole time <laughs> you should you should just like lie down and be like <laughs> put your arms on your face look at them move your head around right yes that's such a good point Jenkins yes uh, uh, yeah no I'm not gonna do that so works great for code review though I always feel feel very refreshed afterwards especially if I've had a a day of a lot of problems where I've sat and thought hard for a long time. It's again, nice to be in that open hip position because when you're sitting, you're in a close hip position and just getting out of that more frequently seems to help a lot. 
Yeah, I definitely, like, my desk is right next to my bed, so if I am thinking about something, I don't need to be at my desk or something. I generally just, like, lie down and think about it. Uh, it can get scary if I am, have not slept really well, because I'll lie down and be like, oh my god, I should just stop working. <laughs> and if you can, that's a good sign. Listen to your body, but if you can't, um, maybe don't experiment with the bed. <laughs> Buy a yoga mat or something next to your table and... You know, lie on there. Uh, every once in a while, switching the positions. Also, if you're working from home, like you don't have to worry about like, oh, can I do break room push-ups or I like, look for things. You're home. Just do a little stretch. Uh, yeah. If you're if you don't have to turn on your webcam during the meeting, uh, just keep it off, and you can while there's a meeting, you can probably do all your stretching too. And this is uh, yeah. this is what I was going to transition into. It's the intermediary between after work fixing things that don't feel good and during work mm. posture is if I'm waiting for my Jenkins pipeline to run, I'm probably doing some sort of lunging or stretching or push-ups, uh, something. And it's just, I, I wish I didn't keep forgetting how much better I feel when I mix those in throughout the day. If I've done you know, 60, 70 push-ups over the course of a day of just 10, 15 at a time, I feel so much better than if I didn't do any of those, especially if I do that consistently for a week versus consistently not doing that for a week. It doesn't always have to be push-ups, but something, getting in some sort of, you know, prone position, whether it's uh, like whatever yoga poses are. I was going to try to come, come up with one. I realized I don't know them. Uh, <laughs> but doing those sorts of things seems to help a lot. So getting actual yeah. movement in is great. Yeah. And if you're like me who doesn't like home workouts all that much because your upper body sucks and you don't want to do it and you've just been doing too many legs and you don't want your body to go like weirdly out of proportion, <laughs> uh, you can do chores, you know, like go put away your laundry. It'll take not like, like sat, stand there and fold it for 20 minutes, but like, you can go throw it in the machine and come back in like less than two minutes, five minutes. And throughout the day, you get like stuff done. Go wash a mug, come back. I, I do that. I I definitely do that with laundry where if I know I have an hour long meeting coming up, I'll try to like map it with my drying time because my dryer takes about an hour uh, with that. So that by the time I finish my work day, I have a bunch of things done that I only needed to give like two or four minutes of attention to. But if it wasn't work from home, I would have to like allocate four hours for it on my weekend or something. Mm -hmm. uh, it's amazing how my laundry is always done when I'm working from home. And I don't know if I can replace that with anything. Uh, same with dishes and stuff. Also, you know, if you are home working from home, you want your space to be clean. It's a whole mental health thing. It will you will not be productive or feel good if everything around you is messy, cluttered, and not enjoyable, or even unhygienic. If if you see mold on your desk, maybe it's a bad thing. <laughs> Fix it. I don't know, man. I I just feel like it could happen. Because uh, I sometimes leave like tea bags in my cup on my table, and good thing I'm home all the time. Or if like if let's say I was gone for like a couple of weeks or something, I feel like that could have been really bad almost happened uh but because i'm working from home i can constantly swap out mugs um <laughs> yeah there's a disgusting detail about me that no one needed to know uh yeah when you're and um 
the the biggest my favorite break of like being home is lunch i get to cook <laughs> my own meal uh instead of ordering out and that half hour 45 minutes i get to make something eat it in silence watch a tv maybe and it just completely shifts my like midday lull kind of thing um yeah this isn't related to staying healthy but my my pro tip is don't take lunch at 12 take it at one if you have a nine to five day stop having lunch at noon that's not in the middle of your day it makes your afternoon feel so long wait until one that's the middle of your day take your break then and you'll feel so much better about how close five o'clock is yeah, if I don't have 1 a.m. meetings, I 1 p.m. meetings, I generally do eat around 1 p.m. Uh, or like I'll sometimes even shift it to 2 if I'm feeling crazy. 1 is when I start uh, considering uh, lunch. It usually yeah, ends up being yeah. 1.30, <laughs> 2 o'clock, something like that. Yeah, but like, yeah, whatever fix, like, fits in your workday based on your schedule or whatever, right? Like, but um, having that sort of during the mid or close to the mid so that you have that focus uh, to do that because I, yeah, my morning or my work days are sort of spread out with like, I do a little bit of non-focus work, I'll go to the gym, I'll come back from the gym, eat my breakfast, then I'll do a lot of focus work, take my lunch break, and then I'll do a little bit more like less focusing work where it'll be like emails, documentation, code review, talking to people. Uh, If I don't have any meetings, uh, if I have meetings, then of course I have to think about my day again, but if I don't, that's how I generally divide it down, and it works out great for me because my brain seems to work better during the morning mm-hmm. than it does around 3 p.m. Uh, yeah, and then it somehow gets really activated at night, uh, but it's not college anymore, and I, my body needs sleep. So, I, <laughs> That's a good tip gotta, for staying healthy, folks. Get your sleep. Get your sleep in. Um, I guess since we're talking about some of this mental things... Um, Try to make sure, A, you have a consistent workspace, if it's your kitchen table or whatever. Um, make sure it's, like, fixed time slots, so it's not, like, after 6, you've the laptop isn't there, you don't see anything work-related over there, because you don't... The con, biggest con of working from home is your home is your office, and it'll forever feel like you've never left. So definitely try to just, you know, not do that and clear away things and use the same spot for working every day yeah, my, and not take it to bed. My laptop at the end of the workday, because I have a separate work laptop, it gets folded up and tucked under the aforementioned couch and I can't, mm. I can't see it. And I take it out the next day. It used to go in the closet, but then I got a camping backpack and there's no room for it in there anymore. Damn. So yeah, under the couch it goes. Yeah. Uh, no, mine stays at my desk, but I close the lid. It's like, it's done. No yeah, more, you, nothing. You want, whatever it is, you want that ritual that says this is the end of the day. Exactly, yeah. Uh, I have a friend who used to do this thing where she would, in the morning, go outside of her apartment, do a little walk, come back home, being like, I am home, I'm, or I'm at work. And then at the end of the day, she would like literally just walk out of her apartment, do a little walk, come back. Be like, all right, I'm home now. No more work things. Um, and it worked great for her, and I'm sure it would work great for anybody else who wants to do it. I leave my bedroom desk area the moment I'm done, and then I don't come back until it's time to sleep. Uh, unless, I don't know. Actually, n- unless hasn't happened so far, that's how exactly it's been working <laughs> since I've started working from home. So, 
Definitely do that. All right, so we've talked about proper equipment. We've talked about some practices. Uh, any other practices and or exercises on your head while that they can do from home? Uh, there's, so I mentioned a lacrosse ball and just rolling it on your feet. Something, are we still talking about the working per, per, part of the day or recovery strategies? Depending if you have content for the... I have more content than you care. Then keep going. going. You are so, the fitness expert. <laughs> so if you do have a lacrosse ball, then something you can do is just lie down on your stomach. This is after work. Put a lacrosse ball underneath your quad, so the your thigh, the upper part of your leg, and just start slowly like bringing up your foot, so you're bending your leg slowly. And you're gonna find all, all sorts of pain all throughout your quads, and it's gonna feel horrible. Uh, but if you do that, especially for me on the inside of my quad close to the knee. Um, so if you have like, if you have enough development in your quad that there's an underside to the, uh, to your quad by your knee, that part under there is what gets really nasty for me. And if I throw a lacrosse ball in there and smash it out for a while, then my knees always feel really great. And again, it's not like I have knee pain but I notice that things feel so much better when I do these sorts of things. I'm like, this is not just the absence of pain. It's like uh, things actively feel good. Um, so doing that, uh, another big thing for me is calves. You can do the same thing with your calves. And that one's really easy because you can sit down and you can watch something very easily and just fold one leg over the other so that you put some weight on it. Throw that calf on top of a lacrosse ball and just start smashing on it. Um, you can do the same sorts of things with foam rollers, but I don't find foam rollers do much of anything unless you have a really aggressive one. But even then, I'd rather use a lacrosse ball. Um, there's a lot of good stuff you can do. If you just if you want ideas like that, similar to that sort of thing, you can look up anything from Kelly Starrett. I'll put his, I'll make a note to put his stuff in the uh, show notes. One second, Kelly Starrett. Um, so yeah, he'll have a bunch of exercises that you can do, things like that. A lot of his stuff, I think, gets overblown a little bit, so it's not like it's going to work wonders for you, but it will give you ideas, and you can try things out and see which things feel good. Um, he also has a thing called the couch stretch, or at least he didn't, I'm sure, invent it, but it was made popular by him. It's essentially an exaggerated lunge, so you've tucked your back leg up against the couch so that the your back foot is flat against the back of the couch, your knee is going into where your butt would normally be, and then you're just in a lunge position. And it really opens up everything in the opposite direction to where it's closed when you're sitting. And so it tends to keep people who get tight quads or tight hips or something like that from uh, developing those symptoms to be too bad. Um, yeah, there's walking, just walking after work is really good. Oh yeah, even between like in the during your work day, somewhere halfway through, if you need to, just take a walk. Yeah, calf raises. This is one that I find feels good, especially if I really focus on getting a stretch in the bottoms of my feet. And this might be a thing that's more specific to me because I wear completely flat shoes because I wear Chuck Taylors and I have for like fifteen years. Uh, but the bottoms of my feet often get tight 
And I think it's probably because I don't have anything from my shoes pushing up on them at all. Um, and so doing something like calf raises, stretches them out, that always feels really good. Um, body weight lunges are really good. And yeah, I could I talk about all the stuff that goes on in the gym to keep my body feeling good, but that would be an entire separate episode of working through each joint and saying, this is why I do this. So that, cause it feels good for me. So let's not. No. <laughs> so yeah, the big thing is just trying to experiment with stuff to see what works well for you. And if it's not doing much, then abandon it and just keep what works. 10 out of 10 advice. Yes. If it doesn't work, stop doing it. But give it a fair time slot. Don't be like, this didn't work for me during a day. <laughs> uh, unless it like there's a sharp pain, you know. Just be smart. Yeah. Just don't be dumb. That, that's our advice. Just don't be dumb, and try things. Don't be dumb and try things. I like that. Yeah. That's just live. That's live. <laughs> All right. Do you have anything else to add? Uh, nope. Not on this section. All right. Go ahead. What's what do you have next? Is it the oh. end of the segment? Uh, yeah, because all the everything else on mine is just like basic things. Like, if you are, if you do have a desk job and like you know you're taking frequent walks, you're doing all your stretches and stuff, or you're not getting a lot of time to do all of this because you're working from home or from your office. Um, I I will keep preaching how gym is the perfect introvert place. Go join it. Uh, there's lots of cheap ones where you could you don't even really need a trainer just look up something online uh and like don't go in and start pulling like 400 pounds on deadlift but like having this environment or community that's different from your work and home where you can sort of sort of dedicate a place to your body cuz mindset is a huge thing for these kind of things and just having a place where you can go and yeah just do some stretches uh be away from either one of those environments and be in your own little space. Once you get more comfortable and used to things, you can start targeting certain muscle or places that hurt or are more sore because of that, because you're at the gym. You, even all gyms have like personal trainers. And even though they charge you for private sessions, you can go to a different one of them for asking advice on different things. And during conversation, they'll probably give you tons of tips, uh, even without like a proper session. So make use of that i i randomly will ask sometimes a trainer be like can you like spot me or tell me if my form is good and they will do it and i didn't have to pay them hundreds of dollars which is great so yeah look out for those kind of things but i definitely heavily keep preaching that everybody should have a gym membership just not the gym i go to because i don't want to crowd it <laughs> uh, my not so hot hot take is if you work at a desk job you should probably do lying leg curls because i just find that those seem to just make everything better and mm. another exercise that i find at least for me makes things feel good is fairly light lat pull downs and if you sit with your arms bent a lot probably not a bad idea to do fairly light inclined dumbbell curls because that'll lengthen your biceps a lot under some light load and just generally speaking for health what i would recommend 
is try to get your heart rate up a few times a week. If you can do it every day, that's great. Uh, try yeah. to lengthen your muscles, whether that's something that's unweighted like yoga or something that's weighted like the gym. And uh, if you can do some sort of moderate physical activity throughout the day, you're, you're getting those three things in, you're probably gonna physically feel fine, assuming your diet is an absolute like trash. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. Be again. Don't be dumb. You just because you're doing all these doesn't mean you can just don't be dumb. Be smart. Eat sugar for all three of your meals and just be like, why don't I feel good? Uh, yeah, it's a mind-body connection. Fix one, the other one will help. Uh, so, and it's harder to fix minds. So if you just fix your body, your mind will feel a little better. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Yeah, and when we say increase your heart rate, it doesn't mean just consume like 500 milligrams of caffeine. Um, it's fair, yeah. Or drop a production database. Heart, <laughs> heart rate to the moon. <laughs> to the moon. Uh, but yeah, do little workouts. Don't be dumb. Be smart, and life will work out for you. Heck yeah! All right. Hashtag fact. So, now that you're very healthy, how are you gonna do better? Mm. Oof. I think before we can do better, we should reflect on what we did better. Yeah, I'm just going to keep this going where every week I ask you what you did better, <laughs> and then you have to correct me. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, on my did better, I said I would create a new schedule for myself to like sort of break it into hours and how I'm going to be doing things. Okay. Because uh, I needed to be more structured. And I didn't allocate hours, but I created a schedule. Um, I didn't go too anal with it because I find it also demotivates me at times, but I do now have certain activities that I've been doing consistently every day uh, at consistent times. So that's been really helpful uh, with the diet, exercise, stretches, um, and I've, yeah, so it's it's felt better. The only downside is around like 7 p.m. I get really tired because my new bedtime is 8.30 p.m., <laughs> Uh, which is a bummer when you have to explain it to other adults while you're sleeping so early. Oh, I, I'm familiar with this frustration and, and this. Yes. Yeah, I've had to move my wake-up time in order to accommodate social situations uh, mm -hmm. for years now. Yeah, but sleeping without alarms now because I sleep so early, there's no way in heck I'm going to sleep past my whatever time I need to be up by. Uh, so that's been working out pretty great. I, I know I've been just building up hype on that I've been working on the social media side of things for Do Better, and I have. Whoa! Uh, I know, I know. Things, actually, by the time this releases, some content might even hit the, the page. Uh, don't hold your breath, though. It's probably going to be a while. Uh, we're just going to keep backpiling, and then it's just going to be all yellow thumbnails. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But yeah, so that's what I sort of did better on. Uh, what I'm going to do better on is I'm going to start now compiling a list of guests on the show because I think it's time we start having more guests who are not us because people should have a change. Our, the five people we have listening uh, are probably tired of us, so we'll give them a little, little different flavor. Um, and I, I want to do more outside stuff. So... The thing I mean by that is our province is on fire, and for the last couple of weeks, if I want to go out on weekends, it's either smoky and on fire, or there's a heat wave, or something has happened which tells you to not be outside. 
Um, and summer is ending and it's getting colder and I'm scared that in like a month I'm going to have to pop vitamin D pills. Um, so I need to really squeeze out every single thing I can out of the summer before I can't. So yeah, I, I already have to bike with a hoodie to the gym now because at like 6am it's cold enough that I can't bike without it. Um, so you know, summer is going away and I'm sad, so I'm going to do something about it. What are you going to do better on? Joke's on you. I have to tell you what I did better first. Uh, Got him. All right. So <laughs> Pulled out a Uno reverse card. <laughs> so, so this, okay, I'm counting this one as a date too, and you can get wrecked. But I managed, managed to convince a girl to hang out with me on Sunday. And that one was for like five hours, so it definitely counts. Mm. And played some guitar like I said I was going to. I'm not being very specific at this point. I'm just happy with how much I've been playing. Uh, I said I was going to buy some new clothes, and I don't remember if I'd bought new socks before the recording of the last episode and mentioned it or not, but I got socks and I bought, this is going to sound ridiculous, but one new pair of underwear. I'm wow. even wearing them right now. So it's Define a, a pair. very special day. Is one. Oh, you you just bought a single so, unit of underwear. Allow me to explain. This is like <laughs> this is simultaneously an ad and an anti-ad because they're not sponsoring us, but also mm. it's not a clear recommendation. So a few years ago, I managed to find a three-pack of Saks underwear, and it was like the the I don't know value pack or something. And it turns out that they are pretty good. They, they advertise themselves as life-changing underwear. And uh, my mom used to work at a store that sold Saks underwear. And so she would hear all about it from the people who bought them. She was like, oh, it's great. So I was like, all right, fine. I'll try these, these underwear. And they're really good. But in the time since then, they seem to have removed the value pack. And every pair is $30 plus. So I bought one pair and this is where it gets real great. They have so many different kinds, it's ridiculous. But they're all boxer briefs. So they're just different like uh, fabrics or, or something. I don't really know. But they have all these ones that are listed for like everyday use. But my life is not everyday use. It's clearly an adventure. So I bought the adventure underwear. And so been wearing been wearing those a couple times since I got them and uh, feeling the adventure. So that's been great. I need to go probably buy another pair. So I'll put that in my in a do better. Go buy another pair. Uh, but they're expensive. It costs like forty bucks after tax. It's kind of insane for one pair of underwear. Uh, I'm eyeballing another big hike for this year. So I mentioned doing the Juan de Fuca about a month or so ago. And I would like to do another big one, uh, bigger than the Juan de Fuca in this case, because I'm looking at doing the Sunshine Coast Trail. And it's absurdly long, so I probably shouldn't count on doing the whole thing, but I probably will count on doing the whole thing anyway, because I'm an idiot. And it's Canada's longest hut-to-hut -hut trail. It's like 167 kilometers. So it'll probably mean I have to take like two weeks off work or something, but we'll see. I'm going to plan accordingly do a bit more research and uh, we'll see how it goes. But I'm not, wow. not mentioning when I'm doing it just because it feels weird to mention that publicly uh, and where I'm going to be. But at some point in the future, looking at doing that. Um, 
Um, anything else I need to mention here? So I want to finalize those plans. I started looking at that and picking a hike. I was originally thinking West Coast Trail, uh, but it turns out that that one's a bit more chaotic than I'm really looking for at my level of experience. I'd prefer a longer multi-day trail versus like you can get stuck on one side of the river because the tide is too high for multiple days type of trail. So I think I'll go with, I'll go with a simpler one. And uh, keep trying to go on probably dates. I think those are my, yeah. those are my do betters. So hiking, finalize hiking plans, play a bunch more guitar as always. Try to go on some more dates. And going on dates is tight. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. Wow, 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 wow. So yeah, if I go on dates, you have to get all the way off my back about not messaging <laughs> people on Tinder. Well, if you do message them, I won't have to. <laughs> it's true. You know? It's true. <laughs> but that's that. Yeah. Uh, thanks for listening. Yeah. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>